Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participants, employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. Oh, stomping Jen. Here we are. Oh my God. I feel like it's been forever. It's been a week. What are you talking about? It hasn't been forever. (laughs) So much has happened in a week. I don't know what's going on anymore. Another week, another episode. Can you believe it? Uh, 103. Oh my goodness. That's three more than 100, in case you were wondering. (laughs) It's true. I screwed up my math last week, so I just wanted you to know I can count. Mm -hmm. I've got that. So I'm excited. Um, And I I have to say, right before we started recording this podcast, one of our cats caught its first mouse and was running around the house growling at us as we tried to take it away. It's true. He's making a noise I've never heard a cat Viciously menacing us. And it is apropos because on the podcast (laughs) this week, we have Kelvin Molina, who is the executive director for the Foundation of TGO Animals. What is that? We're going to find out. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What button do I hit? This one, right? Uh, Maybe. Okay, let's go. Okay. (laughs) The Soft Serve Podcast. Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. We do have a creepy dead mouse this week, Stomping Jen, as I mentioned. It is in the trash can outside, so do not fear. I just had to clear that up for folks before we introduce our guest, Kelvin Molina, the executive director for the Foundation for TGO Animals. So let's say hi to Kelvin. Hello, Kelvin. How you doing? Great. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to talk to you this evening about the many interesting things that you do. But I think first, of, I want to give you the opportunity to maybe tell us a little bit more about yourself, or if I didn't say enough about you, give you an opportunity to, to, to tell us more. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate uh, being invited on. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, so as you mentioned, my name is Kelvin Molina Brantley. I had oh. added that Brantley at the end there. Okay. <laughs> it happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so I am the executive director of the Foundation for TJO Animals, uh, which is uh, a nonprofit uh, um, serving really the region of the Pioneer Valley, helping our local shelter here in the city of Springfield uh, provide the medical services and support our local homeless animals need. So I, I run the, the philanthropic arm of that operation. Uh, other than that, you know, I, I live in the city of Springfield, I live here all my life. I'm raising two beautiful uh, boys, a five-year-old and a four-year-old with my, my husband, Ronald. Uh, it's been an experience uh, in quarantine, but yeah, things things are going good. Things are moving forward for us. Okay, and that and the um, first of all, um, God bless you raising two young children I like know, that. <laughs> um, we started kindergarten three weeks ago. So oh yeah. My God. Oh gosh. Um, experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we talk a little bit more about the foundation itself, I wanted to. I had a couple of questions actually about the. Thomas J. O'Connor Animal Control and Adoption Center that your foundation yeah. supports. Um, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about that institution, um, just Definitely. what what it is and what it does for the community? Definitely. So so I think it's important to just to start off by saying that each municipality is required to provide some animal control services to its residents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that the city does it is uh, they are in partnership with the cities of Holyoke and Chicopee to provide that service. Uh, 
to 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 those areas. But it doesn't end there for the shelter, right? So this is again the Thomas D. O'Connor. Uh, it used to be a, a larger region reaching uh, organization shelter, uh, but now, like I mentioned, the three cities. And really, they are focused more primarily on the animal control officers, right? So when people are calling up 311 or their local jurisdictions complaining about either a lost pet or a, a, just a raccoon on their porch, really, who's dispatched is the animal control officer. The TJO shelter has essentially a staff of those folks who respond to those calls in the three cities I listed, and they're available on a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week basis, right? Again, we're talking specifically about the quality of life for our residents, right? But in addition to that service, uh, Thomas D. O'Connor also provides uh, support, right? It has in its staff a veterinarian and two vet technicians that do uh, medical services uh, and operations, et cetera, et cetera, at the actual shelter. Now, as you can imagine, you know, municipal governments are also short on money, especially when it comes to things like this, right? So back in 2007, a group of people came together uh, and, and wanted to sort of ensure that the shelter was providing the much needed work. And that's when the foundation, but I guess I'm, 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 I'm moving forward. So that's when this foundation happened. But again, you know, the, the shelter itself, you could find it on their website, the Thomas J. O'Connor Animal Control and Adoption Center. There on the website, you'll find uh, some of the animals that are currently available for adoption. You could find uh, if you are in need of, if you lost your animal, right? That's probably, that should be the first place you check would be the Thomas J. O'Connor, uh, or at least at a minimum, call them. Um, if you call 311, you'll get for, uh, forwarded there too. But, you know, again, any animal, any animal um, owner, I should have that number, you know, saved somewhere. It's a quick call, you know, and they also do microchipping, right? So they provide all these other services yeah. uh, that our community just comes to know, right? Uh, rabies shots, things like that. Um, I, so again, so they, they're located on Cottage Street in Springfield. Yeah, go ahead. I have just learned something. What? Dialing 311. I know, we don't know. We don't I had have no this idea speed about, dial. We've, I had no idea about this. <laughs> we have three cats and a dog and we don't have it on speed dial. <laughs> I will say I am speaking from a place of a, as a Springfield resident mm -hmm. yeah. and I'm not entirely sure if it's ever, I have a feeling it is though, I will say. So for me as a Springfield resident, if I call 311, especially on a landline, I think it has to be on a landline. I know it has to be on a landline. Mm -hmm. I get directed into the central uh, control office, whatever they have uh, uh, people who staff that line and then you just tell them your, your complaint and they know who to send you to. Ah. That is amazing. Uh, I had no yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a good service. Yeah. I had no idea. And so if I'm understanding correctly, the, the TGO center, or at least part of it, parts of it are like a public office. It's a, like a public service provided to the municipality. Yes. So all their, all of their staff, right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not considered one of their staff. They're all municipal employees okay. paid by the, the taxpayer to do mm -hmm. this, this work that's very much needed in our communities. So is the foundation like the like the the unifying uh, organization that sort of raises funds for services provided? Yeah, so so it's almost I would I would say that it's an extension to ensure that mm -hmm. we are providing the medical services and support that sometimes the animals need. For example, if there's an animal that comes in gets hit by a car, no owner has claimed the the animal. Someone calls TDL, the animal control officer goes out picks up the animal, brings it back. The injuries far exceed any, any budget that the city has for this type of support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, if without the foundation, really the option is to euthanize, mm -hmm. right? And I think we've come a long way as a community away from that practice. And there's so much, uh, so much passion for animal welfare that we see amongst our community as, and as a result people donate to those specific occurrences. And as a result, we have um, animals that get, for example, amputations, little wheelchairs, right? So a lot of a lot of other type of care, suturing, all this other stuff that goes above and beyond the limitations of the municipal government, a municipal budget, that's where the foundation steps mm -hmm. in. And to sort of make sure that that animal, um, because again, we know it's not any fault of their own, they're in that condition. 
right? So um, the, a lot of humans are putting pulling money in order to make sure that animal, you know, yeah. gets, a, gets a fair a fair shot at, at trying to survive wherever whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do you happen to know? I was just curious um, who Thomas J. O'Connor was. Who this work is named after? Yeah, actually, you know, someone had had to ask that question of someone, and the only thing I took away from that thirty-minute discussion <laughs> was that it was a, a predominant individual, and it was much more much more connected than just the animal um, world. And people still know him. He's since has passed. People still know his, and they still sort of live his uh, share his memory. But it was like I guess fifty years ago and plus, he was really involved with the community. And they wanted to honor his contribution. He was the one that tried to sort of sync all these municipal uh, um, services together to create a sort of like a region-wide uh, shelter. Um, so yeah, they so it was named after him, mm-hmm. Thomas J. O'Connor. And that's as much as I have. Okay, no, I mean, <laughs> thank <his> good, bio. <laughs> thank goodness for him. I, I mean, it sounds like this center does a lot of work for the for the public and. You know, probably in, mm-hmm. in great due to to his efforts. Um, and do you have a um, a sense of um, for for the center? I was just kind of curious, um, roughly, um, uh, what kind of um, proportion of animals are like brought to the center under kind of like a surrender type of scenario? Like, I unfortunately I have to give up my animal for adoption versus like how many are found on the street? Is there do you have a rough idea of what that looks like for the center? You know, I don't, not off the top of my head, but I know okay. I know that that um, the majority of the animals that come through um, are are local homeless animals that are called up from concerned citizens. Mm-hmm. I will say there are a, a number of cases that are uh, sort of um, unfortunately surrenders where, like you mentioned, people really uh, things have changed in their lives, and as a result, can't care for the animal. Yeah. Uh, so, but I would say the majority do come in, you know, um, through those through those channels. The the, the calling of the animal control officer. Um, sometimes people leave like litters uh, in, in mm-hmm. the front door, and that happens mm-hmm. regularly as well. So you know, it comes, it comes, and that could be considered a, a surrender. But yeah. majorly, it's really from the response of the animal mm-hmm. control officers. And um, does the does the center take in animals other than dogs and cats? Will it yes. re- rescue other types of animals? Yeah, we the, the shelter we do. Yes, um, you know, and they actually become quite famous if they stick along, stick around long <laughs> enough. <laughs> but I remember last year we had a pig. Her name was Gladys. Oh, really? <laughs> That's awesome. We had her featured in a, a couple of the materials that we had. It's just a, one of those unique things. And the thing is it that she wasn't our only pig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's been other pigs. Roosters, obviously, when 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 you know, you're trying to, you know, chicken coops, people mm-hmm. introduce roosters and they come and then the residents say, no, I'm calling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to get woken yeah. up at five o'clock every morning. So we have roosters, chickens, we have hens. We have a bunch of other repti- reptiles. We, we, so yes, a lot of bunnies too come through, mm-hmm. right? You know, again, he said, you know, these are cute little animals when they're babies. Yes. Yeah. When they grow, not so much. Yeah. So as a result, we, we find them. Yep. And it, so one question that was popping around in my mind as I was um, doing some research just about the need to support these animals was, has the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic had an impact on... Um, animals um in terms of there's like a lot more needing adoption or like have you noticed anything like (laughs) has has there been an impact you know so so not in the way that we would think right so i will say you know one of the things that's happening in an animal animal welfare world um is that we are seeing a decrease in numbers on the available animals for adoption Mm-hmm. I always say, you know, Bob Barker was successful at the end of Prices Right saying, spay and neuter animals. It yep. really worked, right? So so I think one of the, the biggest challenges we've had with COVID is the housing of the animals and tr- trying to make sure that the shelter is available to the public in a safe way. But I will say that the shelter relies heavily on a strong group of dedicated volunteers, right? Mm-hmm. Over like 150 of them sort of really engaged. And as a result of that strong engagement, most, most, I would say probably 90% of our animals are currently being fostered 
um, right? Because that's what we have to do um, in order to house our animals. So again, not necessarily an issue with the uptick in animal cases or uh, the amount of animals, but more of trying to figure out the logistics of the day-to-day operations Mm -hmm. of a municipal operation where you relying on public to come in. (laughs) So that's really what's probably caused the most most challenges for us. Yeah. And I feel like this fostering is like a relatively newer concept in the, it's not like, I feel like I've heard (laughs) a lot more about it recently, just like in the last few years. I mean, it's, I think become, no, am I wrong? I don't know. Yeah. I was just curious. I've always known about fostering. Cause yeah, I I just feel like, I feel like um, adoption centers that we've walked into in the past and when we were looking for animals like years ago, like that was never even really an option that and I they ever saw. Fosters. They did. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I just didn't see it. Yeah. Because um, they're not at the shelter. Yeah. <laughs> they're at the foster care. But even like, but yeah. To your point about COVID, like I know, I think like 80% of the people that I know have gotten a COVID dog or COVID animal, like during this <laughs> pandemic, like now is like the perfect time to get and adopt a new animal. Yeah. Because you're home. So and that, you can, take care of the animal. I mean, I think that's great, like in the short term, but I'm yeah. thinking about the work that Kelvin does and the work right. of the, the center. After. And, you know, a year from now when people start having to go back to work and they have these COVID animals that they maybe can't take care of or don't want to leave in the house all day, maybe mm-hmm. they're going to start flowing back into shelters. Like there could be a backlash. That, it could that's be. something to think about anyways. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, hopefully. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you a question my kids have asked me, and I know you know the answer to this, but I think it's a question a lot of people might ask. And you talked a, you talked a little bit at the beginning about this. Is like, why does it cost money to adopt animals, and why do we need to raise money for them? Yeah, you know, honestly, like the, the cost of adoption through the shelter is pretty minimal in, in comparison to the amount of medical support that animal has received on its way and its journey to become adoptable, mm-hmm. right? And usually those fees that you would pay at the adoption center are really the, the municipal ones, right? So like, for example, rabies shots, um, even the the, um, the microchip that most animals are sort of implanted with, you know, just in case they get lost, it's a scanning thing. You could just embed it. It's like a little tiny little pill that you just scan and sort of like the information of the animal pops up. Those are the, those are the things that people really are paying for when it comes to the adoption fee. But again, the foundation, because we don't want, we don't want the adoption process to be sort of exclusionary because of cost, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what we're right. Cause any, anyone could love a, a right. pet, right. And you shouldn't need to pay a thousand dollars to adopt an animal who is looking for a forever home. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the foundation then steps in, it steps in and does all the other things that you don't see uh, at the end. Right. So the medications, it, it, the intubation, the incubation of it, it had any issues with the the respiratory system, and it go, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. The things that we're able to to do for the animals to get them mm-hmm. in tip top shape. Yep, spay and neuter. Yeah, yes. worms. Yep. worms. Worms. We've worms. struggled with worms, and all I think of our every single cat we've ever taken into our house has had worms at one point. Yeah, and life. our dog had worms our when dog we got had her. Worms, yeah. yeah, it's um, a routine. It's a routine process. Yep. When the cats yeah. Come in. Routine. Yeah, and I, I would imagine, like we were saying, with a with a with a shelter and center that is, you know, a, a municipal entity, this kind of funding is especially important because it's not like a private practice or a private right. shelter, right? right? It's not like, a vet center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I, I think the 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 reality of the the budget. It probably hits a, a center like TGO a little more hard, yeah. so un, which reinforces the need for what for what you're doing. Um, I mean, not to over dramatize it, but I think the community supports us so much because the foundation really does play a role in determining the life or death of the animal. Mm-hmm. Right at the end, I yeah. mean, it sounds a little dramatic, but it's really that's where we are at. Yeah, and and I and I I was actually when I was reading through their site, I was impressed at their. Um, you know, they, they, somebody, they have an FAQ on there, right? Mm-hmm. Like saying, are you an, a no-kill shelter? And their, 
they're really clear that they they do their absolute best, like mm-hmm. to to make sure every healthy, um, temperamentally like adoptable animal does get adopted. And they were saying their success rate, I think, was ninety seven percent of of animals end up getting adopted out. So I think I think that's that's fantastic. Um, hit, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I'm glad you didn't have to hit the other button that we have. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'll just, I want to run down, I, I printed off some of the statistics for people to know just like what, what their money can kind of get um, when they donate to the foundation um, for TGO animals, um, Kelvin, the the one that you're the direct uh, executive director of. So 25 bucks will feed 20 hungry animals. I thought that's, I mean- that's a lot. That is a lot. That twenty five bucks. I mean, that's a cost of a pumpkin spice latte. No. Stomping Jen. <laughs> um, Starbucks run. Yeah, uh, fifty dollars provides um, a healthy start for a healthy animal. I was wondering if you can talk a little more about what that means exactly. Um, so so I, I, we talked about it earlier, right? Yep. This idea that there is this routine that that all animals go through the deworming. Things like that. When when you do it in, in in larger numbers, there are there is cost savings there, right? So if you extend it just a little bit, right, fifty dollars, you're you're if you think about it, like a pool of of medical equipment and and you know medications, right? Yeah, fifty dollars worth could save a life, yeah. and it, oftentimes it does, right? Especially the ones who are coming in in need of a lot of support. Yeah, and a uh, hundred dollars can fund needed X rays. Um, you talked about this, medicines, lab work for animals. Um, $500 can, uh, supplements a kitten's journey to wellness. So I think uh, you were saying before, like the, the, the costs that go into getting an animal adoptable exceed the adoption fee typically. Yeah. So your donation, you know, a 500 is helping to make that wonderful little animal more adoptable. Right, you can get it to the point of non-adoptability. Stomping Jen, you don't. I'm you, sorry. You don't seem to like my adoptability <laughs> math. I'm doing here, please. Uh, I don't want to tell you what I'm thinking. About. No, go ahead. No, I don't want to tell you. No, please. No. This is the space to tell I, us. I'm thinking about those um, sappy Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> commercials. <laughs> Should I break into arms of an angel? Would you both like That's that? That's like running in my head. Right now. <clears throat> So sorry. Okay, I can do it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and step in and just create the narrative. And if, if you could imagine yes. the background music, yes, <laughs> specifically around the kittens, because yeah. the kittens, as we know, right? Especially, are, are you playing this song? <laughs> no, I'm not. But in, in the springtime, you, you do see an uptick, as you could imagine. You do see an, an uptick in feral cats having babies, yep. right? And they all come in. I'm telling you, coming into the shelter, two, three, four days old. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're talking about bottle feeding. We're talking about like the incubation, like making sure that they're warm. That requires time, mm-hmm. patience, yeah. fostering. So the, the journey for that animal to get to a point where they're at, at least 10 weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks is, is substantial. It, it requires a lot of, a lot of uh, really dedicated service. And hu- like, like you're saying, human care, yes. like to feed yeah. all of those little babies, you know, yeah. um, yeah, we don't have they're helpless. We, we don't have kitten do feeding it. robots yet. No. We need people to do that for real. Like um, they're, and not if, hunting, they're, they're not hunting mice yet, like they oh are my, with you. Oh, yeah, oh god. Um, and a thousand dollars can help. A thousand dollar donation can help um, take care of the triage and care for an animal in need. So maybe that dog they got hit by a car, or you know that cat they got stuck in a tree and then fell out of a tree and needs no. yeah that could happen no yeah unfortunately so, they happen regularly <laughs> yeah so you can you can go on to um the tgo foundation um website and you can you can donate in any of those specific amounts kind of knowing what your contribution, mm-hmm. you know, might buy, mm-hmm. um, so to speak, or or facilitate in terms of the care of animals, or you could give more. I mean, you can give more. There's an option to to give even more if you can afford to do that. <clears throat> um, I want to so, know how Kelvin got involved in this. I have that question on oh, here. How sorry. dare you? But I'm let's sorry. ask him. No, let's ask. That's a good question. <laughs> but I just I just want everybody to know I have it written down here. <laughs> 
he just wants um he wants the credit for this question that I just thought of. (laughs) He did all the research. Yeah, that's a great question I wrote that you asked. Please go ahead. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I already asked it. Yeah. Hey Calvin, how did you get involved (laughs) in this work? (laughs) You know, so so I've been a part of the nonprofit sector most of my professional career, right? Um and before the foundation, I was working for the Community Foundation of Western Massachusetts, so I was already doing some um, work in philanthropy. And honestly, like th- it was so serendipitous. I wasn't even looking for another another employment anywhere. I was really happy where I was. But it just the opportunity just sort of was presented to me. Someone just forwarded it. I think you'd be great at this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also fit in with where I was with my family, right? Because it isn't a full-time position, and it's perfectly in line. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm raising two little boys. Um, everybody and their mother was telling me, try to enjoy it. The kids grow up so quickly mm-hmm. and uh, all the other stuff, it goes by so quick. So then someone forwarded it to me because we were, it was part of it. It was in line with that conversation. Um, and I sort of, it just made sense mm-hmm. and I just sort, sort of pursued it. And, and here I am. It's been a year. Uh, actually last, last week was my year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Hold on. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it happened. It happened that way. Um, very, very natural. Um, sort of just, I just sort of went for it. And here I am. And if I heard correctly, you were involved in kind of philanthropic work before this, right? Yes. yes. And did the aspect of the cute animals like make it more or more attractive to you? Like, I'm, I'm curious if that adds anything kind of to the the quality of the, for you, kind of like the quality or the fulfillment of the work. Yes. I, that, that, that is a motivating factor for sure. Especially as we round out um, year one is now underneath, oh, underneath the belt moving forward. We're doing some amazing things with the, in, in, at the foundation, really taking the organization at the next level. And we're really starting to sort of experience one of the key reasons why I came in is just that the, again, animal welfare piece um, but we're diving into a, a strategic planning process to make sure that the foundation is still in line with the needs out in the community, really what the animal welfare world is sort of seeing to make sure that we're adjusting. That's the piece that I, I've more, I've been waiting patiently for, right? Because, mm-hmm. you, you know, as we know, we start a position and there's a lot of things that you have to sort of get in alignment, uh, sort of sort of tighten up a little bit, which I've spent my year doing. Um, but again, it was, it, it's, it's so, I have two small dogs. Um, they're both where they were both uh, adopted and it's not their fault. Right. It's like, it just, it just makes perfect sense. They don't, they can't help themselves. Like what, what's the, what, what better, what better role I think for the, not if you're working in a nonprofit to raise dollars for animals in need, I mean, mm-hmm. they deserve it. it. It's just an, it's just felt so natural to me. Mm-hmm. It's felt natural. Yeah. And, and um, there are other ways too to give other than just um, donating um, like money through the website, right? There's another, there's like a whole list of, of other ways that you can actually like fundraising um, contribute. Yeah. We're going to talk about um, some of the fundraising events they're doing stopping Jen, but I'm, I'm looking, looking at, at his <laughs> list again and he's I'm getting looking, mad at me. He's I'm <laughs> looking at this. <laughs> You're stealing my interview thunder stomping Jen. Um, you know, like planned giving, um, estate planning. Can you talk a little bit about what, what that is and how somebody could use that approach to help out the um, the foundation for TGO animals and, and, yeah. and animals in need? Some people may yeah. not even know that that's an option. Yeah, you know, the way I always present that is really, I talk to individuals around legacy, right? This is, this is post Post your departure from this world, right? Any assets you might have, you could you could write in any nonprofit, but really we're really asking for people to consider writing us into your will, right? So a portion or whatever it is, something that you just just know that upon your departure, there are animals that are going to be benefiting for any wealth you still held at that moment in time. So so it's more information that could be found on. The website, my contact information is on the website. Any of your listeners who are interested in, in talking with me more around plan giving and sort of that that idea of, of 
future planning, I'm more than happy to, to engage about. But, but really, again, it's, it's the idea of once you leave and you and if you still have some money to give out, give it to the shelter. The shelter could do a lot with it. So stomping Jen. Yes. I think um, we, I'm going to, we're gonna, we're I'm going to make a move. I'm going to, we're going to contribute enough to have this shelter renamed after me. It's going <laughs> to be the, the whoops, I would do the it. Sawtooth in, Frank. I would do it in honor. Shelter. In memoriam of our departed cats. Oh yeah, we could do that. Yeah. And, and I want to, I want, and, and that's a, that's another type of giving, right. Mm-hmm. That you can do is in honor of a departed person, right. It, it's different yeah. than I think what we were just talking about. And I want to say our, our vet, um, who yes. is the most amazing person, every time she, um, has to put one of our animals to sleep, she's done it like three times now or, for us. Or the one that died of natural causes. Or the one that died of natural causes. Um, she makes a donation, on yeah. behalf of them. And when I opened that card and I saw it, I that burst into time, tears. I know. I mean, so that can be a really meaningful um, gift for a person to make a donation in memory of maybe even a, a, somebody's lost pet yeah. or a person even who yeah. really loved animals. Like there's a lot you can do mm-hmm. in terms of a in memoriam kind of donation. Yeah. And there are other yeah. things you can do, right? Somebody doesn't have to a pet or a person doesn't have to, to die to mm-hmm. honor somebody. You can do it in, in honor of gift, right? Stomping Jane, get ready for your anniversary present. <laughs> I'm going to be donating to animals. Great. And I love animals. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm, I'm joking. Um, He's not joking, Calvin. He's going to send you a check. But, <laughs> but you, but, but, you know, I'm half joking. Like if if your spouse really loves animals, maybe that's something you could do. Um, yeah, as, as a gifts. as a gift, um, yeah. you could do. Yeah, it. we definitely have we definitely have uh, two come to mind. Two families who have lost a member of their family and really honor their memory. Um, one of them, the Changrini family, um, puts together and obviously COVID is, is different this year, but a wiffle ball tournament, and they sort of donate. I, last year they donated over five thousand dollars from the proceeds right. of that wiffle ball tournament. Wow. The other wow. family is the Shirkers family. They've been sort of doing the, the 5K walk run for some time, always come above and beyond 5,000. So really people, people, the way that they honor their loved ones who have passed, they also honor animals who have, who have passed is to give it forward, to pay it forward mm-hmm. to the next animal in need. It's yeah. really, I've been in so many situations where tears have flowed down my eyes because everybody's so just so, vulnerable and open and, and sort of just so grateful for the love we all receive from our animals. So it's, it's, it's been a really rewarding experience this past year with the foundation. Yeah. It really has. Yeah. It so, is true. so people, if you're listening, um, as Kelvin said, you can, you can go to their website. I'm going to post the link in our show notes for the podcast. So hopefully if, if you're savvy enough to listen to a podcast, you can find your way to it's the show website. notes, but it's TGA, tjofoundation.org. And you can go on there and you can connect with Kelvin and other people um, within the foundation and, you know, figure out how to make a, a gift um, to help out these animals. Um, so, okay. So in addition to like medical care and food and that sort of thing and medicine, that's part of medical care, I guess, that um, your donations help support. I thought this was interesting. I saw this on the site. It says that... Um, Donations also help fund environmental enrichment for animals at the shelter. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what environmental enrichment is. So that's more about, um, you know, for better or worse, some animals come in with some, some patterns of behavior that are not conducive for other types of families. Mm-hmm. So, so, so a lot of, a lot of times there need, there is a need for interventions to come in, to, to step in. And we do that as well. Actually, last week we had a, we needed to sort of provide, um, we call it enrichment services for a dog that was really aggressive, not, not because it was just a mean dog. It was just, it was just in need of some, some tender love and care, right? Mm-hmm. Some TLC. Um, so, so we do invest, uh, and that that we've gotten away from, given the uh, length of time we're holding animals now, 
because there's because again there's so much there's so much uh sort of support from the community there's a wait list really for adoptions and people get to interact with animals beforehand there aren't any animals who are waiting around for for adopted families um so so the enrichment piece isn't as prominent as it used to be for us but again it still happens and again I keep on saying again because it's true i'm going to repeat myself over and over again we strongly believe i do that the animals and their conditions comes as a no fault of their own right so you know the behaviors are learned now we have to unlearn them you know etc cetera, etc cetera, so yeah and um if if I know anything about dogs now having lived one lived with one for seven years is they're they're a lot like people right they they can get traumatized they can get they can get locked anxious. into they can get ang- they become anxious they they can get they can get locked into behavioral patterns that in the moment are what they need to do to adapt but they can they can grow out of them they can um, with support you know, from people and other animals, they can, mm-hmm. they can grow beyond, you know, um, what their state of trauma might be and become adoptable. So I think mm-hmm. it's fantastic that, um, that you all, um, at times when it's appropriate, focus on that. I think that, I think that's, um, that, I think that's great. Um, so, um, the foundation, um, that you work for also puts on fundraising events and I, mm-hmm. I saw one coming up um, next this month, right? It's soon, a couple of days. This um, weekend. We're recording this on, what, Stomping Jam, what's the date? Um, October 5th. 5th, 2020. Yes. Right? So um, tell us about this event, this virtual ride like an animal event. This sounds exciting. Oh, virtual. Yes. So so our, our the community folks who are familiar with this, uh, event have been coming to it for I think this is our 14th year, so it's virtual. Obviously, we can't really come together, but but let me I want to talk about it in the times where it wasn't virtual because it, again it, it sort of share it shows sort of like the the impact of so many people coming together in the support of animals. So the ride like an animal, like I mentioned, started more than 10 years ago. Uh, it really is uh, about folks in motorcycles love animals who would just want to ride together uh, as a group just in support right in support there's sometimes dogs riding on bikes especially the ones that are attached to bikes mm-hmm. so you set, you see some really cool dogs wearing some some really cool headgear and stuff like that uh, but it really it's really about making sure it's really about so supporting the animals through through just celebrating the love for motorcycles, the love for animals, riding through uh, several uh, cities and towns in our region, landing over at a, a location where there will be live music, uh, it's a party atmosphere, a car show, a lot of, of different types of activities for the purposes of raising dollars for the foundation. Those events are always very, very fruitful in, in, in sort of how much money we raise. I think last year we raised almost $20,000 wow. and again, community support. Uh, but as we can imagine, we can't do that anymore. People can't come together and celebrate like that. So one of the things that we're, we've been trying to do is being creative and you see that more and more when it comes to fundraising, but we we're trying to be creative and, and trying to still provide folks because people keep the shirts, right? Cause that's a part of the, 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 the energy is getting your shirt and wearing the year's shirt and everybody has those uniforms. Right. And so, so this year, what we ended up doing was again, like you mentioned, going virtual. So what does that mean? So we did the whole uh, shirt selling fundraiser that's come and gone. Mm-hmm. People now who purchased the shirt have it. We created sort of essentially like a, a guided, a guided, a route, mm-hmm. right? That people, if they have uh, the time, they could put on their shirts that they purchased and go out and just sort of take a selfie and, and, and sort of tag us and sort of celebrate with that. Because again, you know, after, after doing it so long, there were people who were only meeting for that ride, mm-hmm. right? So there was a, 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 this tight knit group of folks and always new people every year we broke a record every year we broke a record. And it just, it just, we felt like we had to do something. They were the group, the group of people were, were asking for something. So we went virtual and that, so it's over the Columbus day weekend. It should be a beautiful weekend for folks who were participatory in the shirt sales. 
take us a, a selfie with your shirt. For those who, who weren't a part of that, take a look at our Facebook page and learn a little bit more about the virtual ride. And there they'll give you more information about sort of what, what has happened and where we are. Um, but hopefully this time next year, we're in person and we're, we're back at it. Uh, the ride is, is our biggest fundraiser of the year. So it's, it, it's, it's a sad thing that we're not having it this year. Um, but, you know, we have to do something to continue to maintain. So that's really the yeah. ride that's happening over the, this Columbus Day weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's such a bummer that you can't do it in person. Mm. Uh, yeah. That's I'm, I'm going to hit that. <laughs> you just need an excuse to hit that. Point. I know. Well, but as Kelvin said, yeah. um, there, are, there are other ways to participate. Yeah. Did you say the t-shirts are sold out or can people still get a t-shirt? No, they finish. Right? So the t-shirt sales are, are coming on, right? So so we had, the, it was a fundraiser online and we had a deadline for that because with the shipping and everything yeah. else. So that's coming on. So okay. people can't get on the Holly sought after shirt, but, um, but next year we will, we'll have more shirts next year. Yeah. Okay. Good. Are you going to, are you going to ride like an animal next um, year? Can I ride a bike? Like a like a like a two wheeler, not, 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 not a motorcycle. Not a motorcycle. Like I don't have a motorcycle. Bicycle. Even though I've been, <laughs> so even though I've been. Re- go ahead, go ahead. No, you please. So for folks who don't have motorcycles, right? You could always show up at the after party, right? There's going to be food. There'll be food, music, live music. Um, uh, uh, name of the band escapes me. Uh, but they're really uh, they. They do a lot of covers, very okay. diverse in their selection. Um, Use the same band every year. Yeah, we do. We do tough custom. Uh, uh, tough. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a trouble for this one. <laughs> is it is it in the is it tra- trailer yeah. trash? No, 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 no. Trailer it's a uh, trash. That's like a very popular band. Are there. they playing in the virtual event this year? No, we were we were no, they're not. They're not. Um, yeah. I don't know what I, I can't remember. That's but yeah, right, so they, they're, they're great. They're, that band is amazing. Yeah, they they really are. <laughs> they really are. They really are. So so they, they put on a good show. Um so yeah, so for folks who we're talking about next year now, if folks can't can't don't have motorcycles, that's fine too. After party is there's there's a party there. And it's a car show as well. It's a really good family friendly uh space. So I like yeah. that concept because there's so many like runs, you know, fun runs or fundraisers that are, you know, running and yeah, I like it. We're going to have to go. We're going to have to go to this next I year. I think we need to get a motorcycle now and start learning how to ride it. Oh <laughs> yeah. I, what I, what I was going to say is then I, we can get those cool like new backpacks for cats that you can take on a trail with you. I saw somebody on the bike path with a bike with a, like a backpack with a cat in it. He's you looking at me first. like I'm crazy. At the ride. No, see. Yeah. I, you know, the, maybe we'll lose a cat along the way, <laughs> and then we'll have to call DJ. Yeah, then we'll have like, to call. We'll have to use. Went. We'll have to use the services of the shelter and donate. That's right. Yeah. No, what I was gonna say is I've been I've been repeatedly profiled as a motorcycle rider. Yeah, people unfairly think he is all the time. Yeah, because I'm I'm covered with tattoos. I have a long beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've never ridden a motorcycle once in my life. Really? Not ever. Nope. Never been on one. Not even your uncle was like all in. A yeah, no, never been on one ever. All right, enough about me and motorcycles, <laughs> stomping Jen. Quit trying to talk about me. Let's get back to the subject at hand. Um, so, what are other ways people can help the foundation? Um, so, there are events. There's there's donating. Are there other volunteer opportunities for the foundation? Um, I mean, let's set aside COVID. Right, pretend that we were in a normal world. Um, right now, not dealing with this pandemic. Are there ways people can volunteer um, to help out the foundation? Yeah, so so the foundation, like I mentioned, is closely connected to the shelter. So so um, our roles and responsibilities are, are definitely split, but we really work as a team. One of the things that I'll, I'll add, because you've gone through a, a pretty good list of you know ways people could engage. The other piece that I'll just also mention is if you're ever at a pet store and there is a, a clearance on a bunch of like dog toys, 
Mm-hmm. If they're only a dollar, feel free to pick those up and bring them over to the shelter. The shelter, because you know, the other thing to be mindful is, you know, there is a holding period between when the sh- the animal is at the shelter and when it gets adopted. And you know, the, the enrichment also includes sort of like making sure the volunteers are playing with the animals to sort of reintegrate mm-hmm. them. So, uh, so anyone who has really, uh, uh, we would like to say store bought, um, or because you know you don't want to sort of have used balls, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, so you bring those over to the shelter. They're, they're more than happy to accept that. Uh, animals are always looking for fun ways to engage. Um, also, if, if you are all ever in a grocery store and you just want to buy an extra bag of dog food, mm-hmm. bring it over to the shelter. There always is a need for that, right? So we do we do stock shelves, but surpri- not surprisingly, I guess, but when the... COVID hit and we had to sort of push all our animals out to um, fosters, right? They, they, we send them along with some animal food, right? Cause the, you know, the, the folks who were, who were, who were fostering didn't, weren't equipped for that at that moment, we had to push them out really quick. So again, food and sort of animal toys, that's a great way to support the foundation. If you, if you, if, you know, if you have that mm-hmm. ability to do that. Blankets and towels too, right? I always see yes, yes. Uh, asks all those, for all those stuff like that, old blankets and towels. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Cleaning out your linen closet. Yeah, I can't think of how many times I would just throw something like that away. Yeah, don't throw yeah, it away. that's a good idea. So be thinking, people, about yes. ways to be able to help out. Um, I also saw on the website that there's a newsletter people can sign up for to kind of stay in touch with the activities of um, the foundation. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. If any of your, of your listeners are interested in that, all you have to do is email info at tdofoundation.org. And then you could just make a request to be added on to the newsletter. You could also do that through the website. Yep. Um, and if you want to message us through Facebook, we're really we're really um, quick to respond to any comments we receive via Facebook. So definitely could add you on our list. Okay, great, that's awesome. So sign up for that newsletter, and then mm-hmm. we can you can know about the events and the the, the activities of the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we try to, we try to give people some stories. Yep. You know, again, you know, people are donating dollars, right, and mater- uh, supplies, and it's important for us. To, to make sure we just send friendly reminders of the impact. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much impact that it's really hard to push the message out sometimes just because there's so many stories that are supported from the community. Um, but we try to do our best to just, just share some stories, right? Um, mm-hmm. There are some really amazing things that happen at the shelter because of the contributions from our community. What's the, um, if you could pick one thing or, you know, a couple of one things, what's the most rewarding aspects of this work for you? You know, I've been, I've been in situations where I've been at the shelter when one of the animals that we all know about that has had a lot of procedures who has fought through life-threatening serious illnesses get adopted. And that, that image, the, the animal is completely like, if it, it just feels like the animal completely forgot about its past and is just excited about its future. And those are the moments where it's like, wow, that's all, it's all worth it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. all worth it. Look at this moment right now. I'm getting and chills. honestly, the, the adopted families as well. And especially when they have little kids mm-hmm. <laughs> and sort of, they meet them and they go back and they come back for the actual adoption. You know that, I mean, you're changing a family. Right, your yeah, animal, or so are we on our end. An animal changes a family dynamic, right? Um, yeah. and, and it's just you could just see that it's really crystal clear, and everybody feels it when they're there. People tend to gather. I remember one time I was at the shelter, and it was a long story. It was a cat that was picked up because it was uh, lost. ICO picked it up. Someone called it in. Uh, some individual adopted the cat. The cat then, after three weeks someone cleaned the cat. So the adopted family mother was saying, Oh my goodness, this is not my cat. I have to give it away. Fell in love, invested all that time and energy and building a relationship, but knew that the right thing to do was to give up the cat, right. To give it back to the family. And I was, you know, so I was, I was, that was one of those moments where I was talking about earlier about the tearjerker. Yeah. Because it was connected to the, the chakra family that was there we were all there because they were, I was, we were, they were handing us a check from the proceeds and those dollars went 
we used it to, to, to cover the medical costs of a, a litter of kittens. The, the individual that gave up the animal for the family yeah. was there adopting the kitten that was serviced by the donation of the chakra family. Oh my God. So she was there meeting the chakra family because they were doing a check presentation because we had already received the funds. It was just more for, you know, our newsletter and things like that. And they all met, we all met the, the cat. Yeah. So, so it was just, it was a very emotional, very uplifting. Everybody was there crying. It was just, it was because again, the, the, the chakra family is in, does this um, fundraising in honor of their daughter that they lost um, through through a, an overdose, right? And they're very transparent about that. They yeah. want to sort of make sure the community hears about this. But she, her daughter uh, loved love loved animals. Um, so, but it was just it was just one of those moments where I sort of went yeah. home. I was like, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. It was like a movie. And what an am- like a- what an amazing act of love mm-hmm. to be able to surrender that animal back to the family that lost it. <laughs> oh, I'm getting chills. Yeah. Covered with the, chills. Yeah, the new cat, the, in the new cat, the, the, the cat that the new cat that was being adopted, the Shocker family was holding the cat as if it was somehow connected. It was part of their yeah. family, and the new it was just it was just a mm. crazy experience. I I remember talking. I was talking about that for several weeks, telling yeah. everyone. I I just it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So has has doing this work changed the way you view animals and having pets? No, no, it hasn't. You know, I, I've had my animals for one's 15, one's 14 older. They're, they're older dogs. I've always been in love with dogs. I, I often say my dogs know me better than most humans. I know, I know them better than I know most humans. Mm-hmm. I've always had a, a, a very deep connection with animals. I grew up with cats. Um, so, I mean, I've always had an animal in my life. I, I've always it's always, it's always felt so natural to me. It's yeah. a, but now it's, 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 it's sort of expanded um, outward because now people I'm seeing people enjoy animals like I enjoy them. So it becomes this very uh, like a kindred relationship I'm building with folks, Yeah, you know? So, so, you know, it hasn't really changed the way I see animals personally, but I will say this. Okay. I am, I am, um, surprised by the stories we find and the the cruelty that sometimes Mm. humans um, sort of show animals that that i will say has changed me and i imagine that must be one of the more difficult aspects of your work is kind of having to confront that um cruelty especially for six months yeah. I was dumbfounded. I still kept on asking, is this yeah. normal? I kept on asking that over and over, is this normal? Yeah. Yes. No, it can't be. <laughs> how do you deal with that? How do you how do you process that? How do you how do you keep that kind of in a, a compartment if you do? And you know, the thing the thing so right, this is what happens, right? So I'll, I'll give you so this happens so frequently that I'm still sort of even saying it sort of shocks me. We have more animal hoarding cases than I care to share. Mm-hmm. The thing is that the once that once that once that happens, the shelter folks, the folks who are doing the services, they get into like, as you can imagine, like any medical team, get into this groove that it isn't about the story. I'm the one thinking about the story and like, well, I can't believe this is happening, but they're all into making sure they save as many of these animals as possible. So for me, it's almost like I, I sort of look at it from that perspective where it's like, wow, everybody's trying. Everybody's trying. What could, what does the foundation do? And sometimes we do do special fundraisers if there's serious cases that happen because we need just that little push of extra dollars because there's serious uh, medical need that's needed. So that's how I sort of step in and triage, if you will, these cases. Um, but because of that, and we do lose animals sometimes, but that always happens through a conversation. Like we, we just talk it through. We, we couldn't save this animal. It was yeah. just too gone and people process it. And we, sort of, we know we have to move on. There's still some animals that need care. So I think for me, I, I feel like I'm supported by the professionalism of the folks at the shelter mm-hmm. because it, it, they, yes, it affects them too, but their priority is the welfare of the ones who are alive. And I think that helps really helps all of us to sort of just maintain that focus on the ones that are still they're still struggling to survive. They're still really trying to, to live, right? That's our focus. Yeah. And that's how we overcome all these different things. 
Yeah. Ugh. Stomping what? Jen. Hoarding? I'm no, I'm just I'm just blown away by what we've learned here and the the good work that Kelvin is doing. Um, I want to switch gears um, a yeah. little bit. And I just want to ask you a get-to-know-you-a-little-bit-better question, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, what do you like to do for fun when you're not busy rescuing animals and helping support this amazing um, TGO um, center? What do you like to do? So I, I, I love family. My fun requires family around me. So I'm one of, I'm one of eight children oh and God. we're all essentially your part and we're all here locally. COVID has really impacted our, our, all of our mental health in that way, right? We, we don't see each other, but we try, right? We try to be safe. But for me, what I, what brings me peace, what I consider fun is hanging out with those, those individuals and their, and their children. It really, it really is that. That's the fun piece. Well, you know, the other thing, as we, as you could imagine, right? Because you have littles as well. Like you know, these these kids <laughs> say the darnest things, <laughs> and I swear, you say like this kid's gonna be a comedian. I can't believe he just pulled that out of his mouth. Like it's crazy. So, yeah. so most of the time, I will say the kids determine what I what I consider fun. <laughs> yeah, as it <laughs> they, should. They, they, really, they take yeah. up my time okay. in a good way. I'm not complaining at all. All right. And this this last question, I know we only have you for a few more minutes. Um, you can interpret this any way you want. Okay. Um, I'm just I'm gonna ask it and I'm gonna play a little bit of music oh, to God, set to set music. the scene. Okay. Um, all right, here we go. I'm gonna ask the question now. Are you ready, Stomping Jen? I'm a little nervous. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. The music is very spooky. Yep. What what have you seen that you cannot explain? <laughs> in the spirit of in the spirit of Halloween this question always throws people yeah this is a t- this is a tough question it may be the toughest question of the evening yeah so I will say this so so for me I, I'm hesitating because I need to select one. Oh no <laughs> <laughs> But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the story that that uh, I tell I tell uh, my older nieces and nephews to scare them because it's true. Okay, it's true. It happened to me. I was a kid. Okay, there was one time when I was um, in sleeping in my bed, and for whatever reason, I was woken up, and I turned around because I was I'm a belly sleeper and just like belly sleeper, and I saw an apparition, a uh, 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 like a, a silhouette, if you will. At the foot of my on my bed. Oh my god! All I felt was an overwhelming feeling of both fear, chills, and sweat at the same time, like that. So, so, and and after that, and so I sort of walk, saw so I walk away, and I was a little kid, so I wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, on anything. <laughs> so, so, I, so I'm like, okay, so that happened. That just happened. Yeah. So the next day was a story, was a story. And I guess my mom always just sort of entertained my stories and really we went into it. And as a result, I have a feeling I'm looking back at that memory with complete details now about what that apparition was wearing. Oh no. Because it's turned into something else, <laughs> right? Because there's been questions and answers. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, I build on the story. So that's that, I could, I could never explain it past that. So that's the thing I can't explain. Stomping Jen. I think we have more evidence of the our supernatural. Of the there. supernatural. Th- um, <laughs> what? Hold on. Oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> you and your All right. Kelvin Molina Brantley. I need to thank you for coming on here and talking to us. I learned a lot. Did you ask him if he was anything else he wanted to say? He's almost out of time. I, but yes, was there anything else you want to say? You know, I I do want to just take the opportunity to just plug another another effort that I was a part of that sure. I am a part of. Um, so so and th- I still have a little bit of time. Um, so let me just sort of share this with the folks. So I am a part of a group of volunteers who put together the Springfield Puerto Rican Day Parade. Right. So that um, that parade. Um, is 30 years running and the largest in New England. Um, the largest, yes, exactly. 
the largest Puerto Rican parade in New England. This year, as you could imagine, we had to go virtual. And I just want to plug that in, right? So if folks are interested in seeing uh, 47-ish minutes, right, minus the commercials, uh, program of us celebrating our culture and our community, uh, really the greater Springfield area um, of both the Puerto Rican culture and really celebrating community, period. Uh, just find us on Facebook, the Springfield Puerto Rican Parade. Uh, and there is a, a link to our YouTube channel as well, where you'll find the video. But I've been a part of the Puerto Rican Parade now. This is, I'm going on my fifth year. I, I, I'm the one sort of who's responsible for the logistics of the day of. Um, but again, I, I, you know, it's just a great, another great thing that happens here in our backyard. Um, and I just wanted to sort of plug that. Thanks for the opportunity, um, Stomping Jen, to, to plug that. Uh, so yeah, people check it out. Um, it's just a, a great way to sort of celebrate our, our local, our local community. Some, we have a, we have a, a celebrity that came in and gave us a shout out. Oh, <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda from. Ah. Oh my God. We listen to Hamilton 24 seven here. It's ridiculous. I know. Seriously. So do we, but we ended up, he ended up supporting the city of Springfield and giving us a shout out and, and saying, oh, that's uh, awesome. That we've been doing so. Um, you know, another, another local artist as well, um, uh, in, from the Puerto Rican community. So, yeah, so check it out for the folks who are listening, who are interested in sort of checking that, um, learning more about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can find us on Facebook. There was and, some really interesting restaurants I want to check out. And we'll link, we'll, we'll, <laughs> that um, was highly. <laughs> um, Kelvin, yeah, we, 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 we will link to all of those resources in the show notes. Um, so Great. people can, can find them there as well. Um, and, uh, I think, I think it's great that, you know, you didn't um, let COVID-19 prevent you from celebrating and um, that you went ahead and planned this um, parade virtually. Yeah, so that's 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 great. I think people have been so innovative and creative in the way that they've been thinking about, like yeah. keeping the community engaged with the things that are important to them and finding ways to just keep that going, you know, even with like the virtual bike ride and, and things of that nature, you know, you have these traditions and you want to keep the momentum going. You don't want people to forget and let too much time pass. I, I yeah. love it. I think it's great. Yeah. Definitely true. Stomping Jen, you are my momentum. Oh my I almost goodness. forgot. I almost <laughs> forgot to mention that. And thank you for reminding me. <laughs> and I apologize for overlooking that Kelvin. Um, I was just so caught up in the, um, the, the story you told, the scary story. And then the, all of he the, loves the scary story, all of question. the, all of the emotion of, of the, the, of the, of the work you're doing, um, with the foundation. Um, yeah. and so. I just want to say, take this time and express my gratitude as well, right? Any chance that I get to, to talk about the great work the, from the community, really, at the end of the day, the, the only reason we're able to do the work that we're doing from the foundation side is because of donors in the community. That's really the only reason. Yeah. It really is. So any chance I, I, I get to, to talk about that, I'm really grateful for. I thank you. Um, I'm looking at, I'm trying to learn your new name here. Sawtooth Saw Frank. <laughs> <laughs> the worst kept, the, it's the worst kept secret in the world, but yeah. <laughs> so I really, I, yeah. I, I appreciate, I appreciate you yeah. um, taking the time to having this conversation and sort of sharing the, the, the work of the foundation and the animal control, the shelter with mm -hmm. your audience. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. And Thanks. I just want to say, um, we have adopted all of our animals. And we have some street cats that have been amazing. Yeah. Our, our, our best cats ever, ever. were street cats. It's they true. walked in off of the street. They are amazing animals. They so are. adopt, do not shop. I right? mean, if you need to shop, those animals need love too. Eh, not as <laughs> but, much as, not as much as the adopt. ones, not as much as the ones that need adopted. It's true. No, I'm just kidding. They all need love. They all, they all love. deserve <laughs> our love and need our love. So, um, Okay. Kelvin Molina Brantley, thank you for everything you're yeah, doing for the you. community. Thank you for coming on. And um, we will say good night or good day, right? No, you don't have to be listening to this at night, but we're recording at night. So goodbye. Um, Bye Stomping now. Jen, anything you want to say? To <laughs> we our, love you. To Wear our a listeners. Mask. Yeah. To our listeners. Be we safe. love We love you all. Thank you for listening. And we will see you on episode one.
1-0-4. That's 104 Stomping Jen. Thank you. Bye now. Bye now.